Coming to you live from the Chamber of Haunters studios, this is Haunting You. I am your host, Leslie Reed. And I'm Keone Hutton. Welcome back, everyone, to the Haunting You podcast. And Happy New Year. It is January 1st. Okay, not not actually, you know, it, we, we got to record this before January 1st because I need time to, re- to edit and things and go through all of the technical mishaps uh, that, that tend to happen. Um, we are... So this is the, this is the second time we're recording episode number sixty six. <laughs> no, no, this is the first time we're recording episode fifty six. This is the second time we're actually doing episode sixty six. Yes, exactly. Which is very, very frustrating. Let me let me assure all of you, we uh, we have a spe- very special guest on today because it's the first of the year. We'll we'll get into that in a moment. But oh, thank God this guy is understanding because oh, we got through eighty minutes of good quality conversation, quality content. And that's when I realized that I hadn't recorded any of it. Just, just any of it. It was, uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. So there we've, were we've, angry t- words that were said. There were many angry words said most, mostly like at myself. <laughs> thank, thankfully all of you were, were a lot easier on me than I was on me. I appreciate that. <laughs> but but you know we were talking earlier uh, out of 66 episodes we've we've only done this twice where we failed to record it the first time and so that's not a bad ratio like I, no. I'm I can live with that I guess <laughs> that's a number I can live with John's <laughs> exactly. not here to say it <laughs> yeah exactly but thank God we like I said we have a very special guest on today who is very understanding and I was very grateful that we at least did this to someone who we have an established relationship with and, uh, and we appreciate and he appreciates what we do rather than, you know, bringing on someone brand new has never worked with us before and then screwing up royally. At least he understands we have some level of competence before we screwed <laughs> up royally. Most of the time, Robert <laughs> Knowlton from the president of the chamber of haunters. Welcome back to the haunting you podcast. Thank you for letting me be on here again. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming back a second time after, <laughs> after we screw up, you know. It's all good. <laughs> well, if this is how my 2023 is kicking off, uh, it can only go up from here, right? Right. right. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is the bottom. Let's... That's good. <laughs> well, Robert, let's kick it off by let's talk about your season. First of all, how did your season go? Personally, uh, the season went really good. We had the opportunity to uh, partner with another haunted attraction this year up in Crescent, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and 15 minutes north of where I live. And, you know, had a phenomenal season. Uh, We were open, I believe, somewhere between 14 and 16 days. Had about 7,500 to 8,000 people come through. So, yeah, I mean, you know, between 75 and 8,000 people, that's that's good for especially two that's Ball a phenomenal, partnering up. phenomenal first season. Yeah. Yeah. So we did, we did really well overall. You know, people seem to like you had a lot of people that came out more than once, you know, it was, it was just a great opportunity. You know, we had a good time, but yeah, I mean, overall great season. And like I said, it, it was just, it was, it was nice to be on that uh, end of it. You know, I did get to, I mean, obviously I was managing it with, with a couple of people, the other owners, but it was nice to also be able to be on the scare end for a little bit. You know, you, you, you don't realize you miss it until you're in it. Oh, <laughs> you ain't know? that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I got, I enjoy being scared. I tell people when I would attend haunted attractions or go visit, I, I even got to do that this year, just a little bit. 
you always enjoy the thrill of being scared. It's like a high, you know, yeah, yeah you're, it just puts on that, that high, but I'll tell you what, there's a greater thrill in scaring the bejeez or the crap out of somebody else. You know, it's just like when, when they're not <laughs> expecting it, you come around and you know, I, I have this tater thing and you come at them and you know, they're like, is that real? It's like, well, I don't know. Why don't we find out? <laughs> you know, and you bring it in. So it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different thrill when you're on that end. So it was, it absolutely is. Yeah, so it was, it was great. We had a great time, a great season. Yeah, and did, did phenomenal. So I, I was great for the opportunity. But yeah, we, we did good this year. That's great. You mentioned uh, in our previous recording session, uh, it was at an old uh, prison? Yes. Uh, so it was at an, an abandoned prison, Crescent. Uh, actually, back in the, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the early 1900s. Um, it was created as a sanatorium. There was a famous, once again, I apologize. I can't remember the person's name, but it was a pretty well-known person in that time frame. He had created a sanatorium. It's, so it's the highest point actually in, in, in on the Allegheny Mountains. Um, you can actually see Pittsburgh. If you stand where there, there's a tower on the property, if you stand on that point, you can see Pittsburgh from there and vice versa. You can see the water tower from Pittsburgh. And once yeah, again, for those yeah. who don't, don't know Pennsylvania, that's about a 50 mile stretch. So to be able to see that far, you know, just straight across. So it's pretty far up. It wasn't Trans-Allegheny, was it? No, no, no. It's called Crescent. It, it started <laughs> off as a sanatorium for people who, like I said, this, this uh, famous gentleman it had built it for his mother because she had tuberculosis. And so it turned into a t- t- tuberculosis kind of hospital and you know over time it became a, a sanatorium and then you know worked its way into a prison and a sanatorium and you know they had the tb ward so there's one building out of the 16 where it was like a tb ward where unfortunately that's where they went to die you know if you back yeah, then yeah. if you had tb you know that was a death wish at that time nowadays that's not the case so don't worry anybody <laughs> but yeah back in those days you know that's where they put them and you know, everybody who had TV was in there and, you know, everybody was almost like the pandemic. You're garbed up, masked up, gloved up, and and you're left there to, to pretty much die. So, I mean, it hit, has a really interesting history and it's it's been one of the haunted spots. Actually, it's on the Travel Channel and it's been, I think it's been on there twice now for two different shows. I uh-huh. think Ghost Hunters came and they did their last season one episode there. And then someone just recently came out and did another one, and it's supposed to be somewhere on the tra- travel channel. I haven't seen the second one yet with the other people, but uh, it's a pretty popular spot. I mean, it's been known to be well haunted. But uh, I'll tell you what, when we were in there working, it was definitely interesting. Oh, I, mean, I bet. We'd be, oh, my gosh. There'd be maybe two or three of us, and we'd hear a noise, and we're like, I mean, granted, it's an old building, but I mean, mm-hmm. you're hearing footsteps. It was like weird. You know, you're hearing things, you're like, now, we know there's nobody else. We go outside because I mean, sometimes other people that worked with us that we employed uh-huh. would come and sort of like, okay, somebody, you know, playing a trick on us. So we go outside, no vehicles at all, you know, the gates shut, you know, we're like, okay, this is really weird. You'd hear stuff like it's falling or clanking. It was just, it was weird. So, I mean, it was definitely hard to be in, especially by yourself. Uh, we oh, really sure. had a role that usually two people, <laughs> usually two people were there. No, usually no less than two. Very rarely were we there alone. <laughs> but oh yeah, explicitly yeah, planned it, buddy system. Yes, that's right. It, it, the buddy system uh, it still applies today. <laughs> so we we used it heavily. Uh, 
But no, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it, tur- it turned into a prison. And then 2013, there was too many upgrades that had to be done to the building. And it, the state decided that it cost more to do the upgrades that were needed than it would to just abandon it and build a prison somewhere else. That's what uh-huh, they did. Uh-huh. Um, and they sent some prisoners to certain places. They built a prison in another place. So everybody got spread out. It was, yeah, it, it was just, it, it was a sad loss because, I mean, there was, like I said, there's about 16 buildings on the property. I, I mean, it's about 40 which, some acres. Yeah, which which building were you guys using? So I, I found a little thing about a map. it. We were uh, in the admin building. Okay. So we, it's it's actually called the Mayflower Building, I believe, mm-hmm. and it's it's the biggest one of the biggest buildings on the lot because the rest were pretty much jail cells and, mm-hmm. like I said, nursing stations and other smaller places. There's a church on the property. We use that as the entrance to get to one of the underground tunnels. There's about I think eight total underground tunnels that connect to all the buildings, <laughs> um, so cool. but only two of them were not in use because they caved in, so they. You know, they blocked that off intentionally. Yeah. But we were able to use one, which was really cool because we were able to go down the stairs of the church and then lead into the Mayflower building, which was be- which was awesome. So I mean oh, that that's worked so out sick. Oh, it worked out perfectly. I mean, you had the you know, if it rained a little bit, it was what the day, you know, the day of, but it wasn't mm-hmm. raining that night. You get some of that rain coming through. I mean, it was still structurally sound, but you know, it's coming through the ground. And so, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's cracks in the ceiling, water, you know, you get those drips, drip, drip, drip. And People are like, oh, my gosh, like, how are they doing that? And it's like, no, that's natural. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's natural. We we didn't figure out how to do that. So uh, it was just neat. And you had a laser swamp going down. It, like, says about two football field lengths wide or long. It was just, it was awesome. And it was three, th- three floors. So you went through, like, to the tunnel, the first floor, mm-hmm. you know, different scenes on the first floor. Then you actually go up to the third floor. You'd make your way through the third floor, back down to the second, and then the second floor, actually, you'd exit out my room because my attraction, we sort of merged together like we talked about last time. We merged both attractions together. My my The last area of the attraction was my portion of the attraction, the steampunk mm-hmm. part. And uh, they'd go through, you know, these different scenes within the, the, this area, you know, a, a squeeze tunnel, some laser vortexes, you know, a shaking bridge different scenes you know it was just it was really awesome and and the nice thing is i created enough actor doors in in the area mm-hmm. that i could pop up at like several different areas and everybody would be like how to get there and i get to a point where they would exit down the, the back stairs and i would i'd have an actor door so if i as long as we didn't have 30 people coming at once i could <laughs> do it if we had yeah. a long line i couldn't do this trick sure. so i won't say you know every little thing but this trick was fun because you you get and like i said i know a lot of people that have won their prior aren't going to hear this so i'm not concerned but haunters know this trick i mean it's nothing really major but there's two ways for me to cut up here so when they got to the back of the stairs so if i would start at the beginning and i get them throughout i only had a limited amount of time through the one actor door to get around and get down the stairs and make it look like i'm coming back around through the stairs Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, how is he? You know, he was just there. He was just there. They're like, is there three of them? <laughs> you know, and I, I'd be like, no, I'd say their name to make it, you know, because I'd be, or if I got a name ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. be like, That's no, the I'm the same. Yeah, I'd say something like, nope, it's me or something else, you know. And, you know, and I'd have the zapper and they're like, it's the same guy. He has the zapper, you know. And, uh, and so if that didn't work, if it was a large group, 
there was I would there's like I said there are different ways I could have got them. I would eliminate one or two of the ways to try to get them in the middle and go out. There's a side actor door that led me outside, and I can mm-hmm. go outside and I could go to the back and quietly shut the door and go back up the stairs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, I would it was it was close enough that I was if I ran boom you know and I went around I could get him if there was a long line at least I could get get him come up the stairs. Uh, and I obviously I didn't scare him bad coming up the stairs because you know you gotta be careful safety wise. Stairs, yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't, yeah. Stairs are a big hazard. But I would just literally just walk up the stairs. That's all I do. I just come around. Just I just wanted to give him that. How did he do that feel? Like like how did he absolutely here when he was at the beginning? Like where did he? You know, I just saw leave, him, two leave him with ago. questions. Leave yeah, him with so questions. Literally, like you just remember me go up the stairs and walking past them, and they just were like freaked out, couldn't believe. You know, it's like that's the same guy we just saw two seconds ago. So, yeah. So that was I love awesome. it. I love yeah. it. I've seen a lot of discussion on like Hunter's Hangout recently about trying to do ADA compliance when you have multiple levels. Yeah. You were working on three different levels, and it sounds like there was no elevator or anything. I assume not there ADA was not a working or, one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not ADA compliance. Uh, how does that change things with uh, like when you're working with the fire marshal and such? So the biggest thing, especially uh, this, uh, this gets handled very more on a state or even a local level. Sure. Um, when we went through the local, the state and the local, because here in Pennsylvania, we're allowed to be licensed inspectors. So I went and I, I, I've been a licensed inspector for the last three years. And so I've inspected several haunts uh, throughout that time, or even just gone and done, you know, what I call pre-inspections, which is just me going through and actually just saying, hey, here's the things that need done, you know. Pointing out issues before they yeah, actually, so they can just fix them letting, before they have somebody else come in. Yeah, just so that way if they do get inspected, you know, by the state, they're at least good to go. So, I mean, I, I spent time doing that. And in Pennsylvania, as long as you make it clear that you are not ADA compliant, that, you know, that it's not ADA accessible, you, I don't want to say you get off the hook per se, but they're not going to hang you for it like uh-huh. normal, normally some places do. I've gone to haunts where, you know, their outside trails are not ADA compliant. They've got roots, you know, different places. They got, thin, you know, they got a lot of things that just you, know, you can't do, you know, a haunted house that you can't go through. But I will say this, at our attraction, once again, this was just us, we didn't turn anybody away. What we actually did was we had security that we had on hand. Um who actually, and these were pretty bulky buff guys who would actually, if they were, you know, if they were able to, they would carry them either in their arms or on their backs and take them through the attraction. That's cool. So, you know, and we had, we had one that had a, that took, they had a a, a wheelchair, a small wheelchair and they took them through, you know, they literally one guy on one side, one guy on the other, just carry that person through the, with the wheelchair. So, I mean, when you're talking about three floors of carrying someone in a wheelchair, you know, front, that's that's a lot. I mean, even though okay. you got two guys on it, that's a lot of work. I mean, granted, they're pushing them through the floor, so I mean, it's just sure, more. Sure. It's just the stairs. Get them up still and down navigating the stairs. stairs with a wheelchair. Yeah, it's that's, tough. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. But I mean, we we did our best, even though we made it clear on our website that we're not ADA compliant or that you know, our we have several floors and there's no way to get them around. When people did come, we didn't turn them away. You know, we found whether they got carried through or or something yeah we made sure they got through so once again i mean there's ways around that now granted i'm not saying that every haunted attraction needs to go out there and start doing that because you know i I can hear somebody saying oh now he's saying to go and carry people around i'm definitely not (laughs) saying that i'm not telling haunts they have to do that that's just what 
we did just because, uh, especially the other owners I worked with had dealt with in their lives and in their professions or whatever with people who had disabilities and yeah, they yeah, yeah. were not one to shy away. And I, I agreed, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to turn anybody away, you know, if we can help it. So, but we had to make it clear that, Hey, we, we, we aren't ADA compliant. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have the, you know, like you said, we don't have ramps. We don't have elevators. I mean, it's, a, it's in a broken down prison, you know, so yeah. it was hard enough just to get it inspected so it could pass to even be used, <laughs> let alone yeah. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. the time to make it ADA compliant. So that's how we got around it. But like you said, the state, when they came out, I mean, they loved the place. They loved what we did, you know, just, yeah, they loved it. So, but yeah, it, it, it was, uh, that part was a little hard. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't have to, I wasn't one of the ones that was, you know, carrying people around, but I mean, I have to give kudos to those, those men who did that because I mean, they stepped up. I mean, it wasn't even a question of someone going and getting them when they would see these people, they made it a point to make it clear, like, Hey, we'll get you through. I mean, it was before they even asked the question, like, Hey, can we go through, you know, our staff was on it. Yeah. 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 So how'd you guys handle ticket sales, um, both in terms of your location and then with your uh, joint operations? Yes. So uh, we did both cash and online sales. We had more, we used HonPay this year. Uh, That's what they already had in place before I had come along. So we, we used that, you know, the online sales went really well. Um, I, for us, at least, once again, I can't, speak for everybody else in the industry, but for our attraction, it it worked out really well. We had probably, I'd say the majority of our sales, I'd say anywhere between, if I had to guess, it was over half, but I would say anywhere probably around 75 or more percent of our sales, you know, came from online ticketing. And I'd say the rest was, you know, cash. So there was definitely enough, you know, cash being done uh, sales, but but yeah, on, online sales were crucial. I I mean, I, I think a lot more people that stay in age are used to going cashless. I'm not a the biggest fan of it because there are times I do have some cash. And when I have it, I'd rather get rid of it just because, <laughs> you know, if anything ever happens, you know, I, I can cut my credit card off a lot quicker than I can get, you know, $500 back out of my wallet. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, I, I, we never turned anybody away. And I always tell people when it comes to sales, you know, some people either deal with credit or debit only. Some people deal with cash only. I say a good mixture of both, in my personal opinion, it is good. That way you capture, you know, both types of people, those mm-hmm. who have cash and only deal in cash. And, you know, those who have cards and, you know, just hate to have cash on them. Because um, the last thing you want to do is be like, okay, well, you know, now, you know, draw money out of the ATM. And it's like, okay, but now I got to pay the three or $4 fee yep. to draw yep. out money to buy the ticket. It's like, you know, so, I mean, that's where it's like people, you know, get frustrated. So it's nice to see, I, I've, I've noticed more people now going to, they may not accept debit cards on site, but you can literally go on your phone, buy your ticket right buy there. The ticket and on your online. phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so this way it's like, if you don't have cash now, it's not like I got to draw them. Cause that, that annoyed me personally was having to draw the money out, pay yeah. the sure, fee just sure. to pay. Absolutely. So having the online ticket sales, I mean, that way, even if, even if you are there and they don't accept credit or debit, most places usually you can like I said get on your phone, bam, and then show them your QR code and you're in. And yeah, that's how it was with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like that worked out pretty well. But with it did twenty five percent of your revenue still coming from cash, like that's a lot of revenue to cut off if you're if you're not willing. To yeah, like that. I said, I mean that's a rough guesstimate. I mean sure. I I think it's what we ended up with was somewhere around twenty twenty five percent of our revenue was cash sales. 
so yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of cash people out there still. So I, t- well, I just especially for people, haunts. Yeah, I feel like I feel like especially for, for you know, within within the industry that you know it just it lends itself to hey yeah let me just either you know and, and you don't necessarily want to go through a haunt with you know a massive purse bag stuff a whole yeah. bunch of stuff in your pockets I so mean, being I, able to either I like to keep my purse on me but otherwise well yes I know <laughs> carry so right. much with it um but being able to you know get it online or you know bring the 20 bucks five bucks right. and just say yep here we go here's my ticket and then you're not worrying about carrying all that extra stuff through a haunt right yeah yeah how did you guys you know you mentioned that your your kind of steampunk haunt was at the end how else did you combine your two themes uh within yes. the space good one yeah so um we well I, when i met with them and we decided to partner up for the for this year um it was it was definitely interesting so their idea was was the darkness you know this theme of the darkness that pretty much you know it it enshrouds you and the whole point was as you make it through you're escaping the darkness and so it worked out perfectly because the darkness in our in our theme was something that shape-shifted that you know in each set of rooms that they would go through it would take you through different sets of creatures that were created from the darkness that the darkness would attach to and and change or create and so it was it was it was a lot easier with our theme to be able to go from different types of rooms we had like the valley of the dolls we had um <laughs> uh, what was the other one? i can't remember the other that was a creepy room uh always you know, uh-huh that was a creepy creepy room um uh you know and, and when you have that kind of a room in a creepy building yeah that adds to the effect you know we had that we had a worm we or an area where we create like so we created a lot of our own props. I mean, there were some props that I had purchased either at Transworld or other conventions, and I brought them along as well. But we made a lot of our own prop props, which is really cool. We had this big, huge, giant worm-like thing in it. You know, just it was massive. I mean, it, it was it was awesome. <laughs> it moved. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was it was easy with that theme to be able to then cross over and you know do different things and and to be able to take that. And pretty much my room was like the end bang. It was like, you know, your last hurrah. And so it was easy to do that because they were entering, you know, my world. So, you know, they came in and and my my being, the, the character I played, pretty much was trying to get them through towards the light, so to speak, trying to get them out <laughs> of that darkness, you know, trying to, you know, but yet I had some fun along the way. You know, it's like, if I'm going to, I'll get you out, but... I'm gonna have some fun with you while you're on your way out. So, uh, yeah. So it, it was, cost you. it was, yeah. So you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's like we're gonna have some fun while you're in here with me. But yeah, I mean, it it, it worked out really well. Like I said, I mean, it, it it just being able to merge that 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 premise of the darkness, that shape shifting, the fact that it creates whatever it wants in different areas, and and that's what we pretty much went with just every every room was a different room and so it was easy enough to bring that steampunk theme in with the fact of you know creating this the darkness did this and you know i was pretty much a creature that tried to hold the darkness at bay and it was like two worlds colliding and so that's that's all of our attractions were two worlds colliding so it was it was really neat to bring those two themes together and and they meshed well i mean people seemed to really like it a lot and it mm. just it worked out phenomenally so yeah it, it worked out to our benefit it was good 
That's awesome. If you don't mind me asking, how did yeah. you find these partners? Because I know you know people are always looking for for tips on on finding good partners like this. Yeah. Um, so I've 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 had a, a, offers in the past to partner with people uh, as and like I said, you know, some work out, some don't. They they actually got a hold of me because they joined the chamber of honors just you know just probably right before summer time or something like that. And the one gentleman I actually knew for a year, I mean, we had been in contact for a year prior, you know, because we had talked about possibly partnering up and, you know, in the future. And, you know, then we sort of got out of reach from each other and and him and another guy sort of got together and they, they are, they actually are ghost hunters. I mean, locally, you know, I guess they went there and the one went there and saw it and said, Hey, this is perfect. Like, this would be great. And ended up talking to the owners. And, you know, at first the owners said, now nah, we're, we're going to do our own thing, but thanks because they would allow ghost hunts, but they were going to do their own Halloween thing. And then I guess about one or two weeks later, they ended up contacting the one guy and saying, hey, can we have a meeting? And the, those two guys met with the owners and that's where where they started it. And then um, the way I came into it was, uh, like I said, they they needed someone to uh, do an inspection for them to make sure they were good to go. And and so they, you know, they asked me what my fees were, what I charged. And I told them, and I said, you know, I'll come up and it'll take me about a day. I said, because they, they said it's a huge place, you know? And mm-hmm, I said, well, mm-hmm. I said, I'm pretty thorough. You know, when I go through, I, I tend to be more picky than the state does just because, you know, I, it, it's my name that goes yeah. on the inspection yeah, yeah. report. So the last thing I need is for them to come back and say, oh, well, I mean, granted, I mean, I, you know, you don't catch every little thing because every inspector is different. Some won't look at places that others do. Some will be less particular. Some will be very particular. Mm-hmm. So you never know what kind of inspector you're getting. Um, so it, it was it was very different. But I came in, uh, did the inspection about halfway through. They both asked me about what I was doing my attraction. I told my plan was originally to probably take off a year, just regroup, try to decide what I, I was going to do next for maybe 2023. So that was my plan at the time. Um, just because we had outgrown our current area, we just, we had more people than what we could hold. And I, you know, we didn't have enough parking and just, it was, it, it would have not have been a good year. I yeah, mean, yeah, it yeah. would have been good as an attendance, but to try to get those people through and not have the, um, negativity come through, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked out. And, you, and it, it, everybody here, I'm preaching to the choir knows, you know, <laughs> that negativity goes a long way, a lot farther than the positivity. So I just thought, you know, if I take a year off, try to, regroup figure things out come back strong in 2023 we'll be good and that's why i told them and they said why don't you bring it here and i said oh i, I wouldn't want to crouch on you you know i wouldn't want to you know that you guys found this is your thing and they said well what about if you partnered with us you know for this year and and we just did this year together and i said okay i i said i might consider that and so i took it into consideration and yeah from there just yeah i was there with them from almost every day we were there sometimes till two, you know i i i work yeah, I'm I'm self-employed, but I usually start work about seven, eight o'clock in the morning and then work till sometimes sometimes it's a whole day till nine or ten at night. But I would try to during that time frame when we're building over the summer, I'd probably get done work with work around four o'clock and I would drive up there and then be there till two or three in the morning, get home <laughs> you know, maybe at three or four because it's an hour away. Yeah. And then yeah. three hours later I'm back up at, and it's like so it was it was long and tiring and backbreaking as any of them would tell you. Mm, uh, always. Yeah, it was, it was long, but, but like I said, it was a great show. The actors that came, we had about 25 to 30 actors, maybe 35 at the most 
that was probably our biggest problem. I know a lot of haunts I talked to the same issue was getting staffing for the season. And, and uh-huh. th- that's been all over, not just in PA, but I mean, all over the country, just unfortunately finding somebody who wants to work at a haunt attraction. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I, I, I know that some attractions have had these problems before, but it's never been so widespread. widespread. Yeah. Yeah. As it has now. And this season, from what I understand was bad for many haunts. I mean, they did well, but mm-hmm. staffing wise, staffing was, was got, challenging. It was. And and we did, we encountered the same thing. I mean, you know, we had a core group and, you know, once they did work the first, second day, you, you have something to drop off. You know, they're like, they didn't mm-hmm. realize it was going to be, it's grueling. I mean, when you go five, six seven hours. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's, there's it's no... not turning a light on and the show just, you know, like a magic show, like poof, it just, you, you turn the lights off and you go to work. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah it's totally different than they realize. And so, I mean, you get, you get some people that just were like, okay, I, I can't, you know, this, this is more than what I thought. And that's understandable. I mean, you know, I can't fault them. If they've never been in it, they didn't, you know, they had no clue, mm-hmm. but we had a core group that did phenomenal. Couldn't have done it without them. They were all amazing. So like I said, you know, I give them all them props because I mean, some of them were teenagers and to go five, six, seven, eight hours and still, go strong after that was remarkable. So I have to give everybody props. I mean, there were some really good young and even, even, you know, older actors, you know, like myself who, uh, and I'm not saying I did well, but some of the people my age who did work it just did phenomenal. They killed it. And even though they, you knew they were exhausted, you could tell they worked their butts off and did the best they could. So yeah, it was, it was a great show. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it sounds like uh, this was just a perfect example of one of the ways that being a member of the Chamber of Haunters can be to everyone's benefit. You found some great networking partnerships that helped you really develop a whole new show and and made a killer season out of it. Yeah, I mean, and that's 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 the biggest thing about the Chamber of Haunters. I mean, I've had many opportunities that I probably would have never had if it weren't for that, you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful because I mean, I've had opportunities to meet some amazing people all over the country, you know, and, and I know we're getting into that more, so I won't take too much time on that now, but just th- that, that is a true statement. Like I said, I mean, the opportunities just for networking alone to find people to work with. I mean, cause like I said, some people want to get into it or have been in it and they just don't know what they're doing anymore. And sometimes they need a partner to help revitalize them again, to help bring new, new breath or new air into it. So, I mean, that that that's you know not necessarily a bad thing just it's just about being wise about your partnerships and making sure you cross your 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 t's dot your i's and everything but other than that you know it can be fruitful experience if done right so yeah it's you know it's definitely a good opportunity to be able to get to know people yeah well i think that is a perfect segue into what we want to really talk about for the rest of the episode and that is of course the chamber of honors itself before we do that Though, let's take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and then we'll jump right back into 2023 and what the Chamber has ahead for us. are back thank you to that word from our sponsors and uh, we are here with rob knowlton from the chamber of haunters and we're going to go talk about what what's new coming up in 2023 and kind of all the work that they did get a summary of all the work that they did in 2022 
And where I think we really should start, you have been putting posts almost daily for the last week about uh, the board reorganization and introducing all the new board members. Talk a little bit about uh, what led to that reorganization. It, it was interesting. You know, we started back, like I said, just, just to briefly go backward so I can explain how we got to this point. You know, we started in 2020, right before the pandemic. Well, actually, it was 2019 into the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. So, you know, we're a new organization trying to get up and running, just forming. Things were taken off, going really well. And then, bam, the pandemic hits. And that was hard for everyone. I mean, you know, and, and ourselves included. And as an organization, it was just really hard to be able to navigate it first because, I mean, it's something obviously none of us had really gone through. We heard of the Spanish influenza back in the early 1900s, but obviously none of us alive had gone through that. So, you know, <laughs> this was all new for this generation of people. So it was just, it was it was hard to navigate. So we ended up putting our, our time, effort, and our resources into helping our members to get through. So we didn't do a whole lot of marketing that year, didn't do a, a whole lot of getting out. I mean, we would put stuff out online and and members did come in throughout the year, but it wasn't as big as it was when we first started. Then in 2021, we had decided that we wanted to give back to our members who were faithful, you know, who stuck with us through the pandemic and came back for another year. So our members who were currently with us uh, who are renewing for the next year, we we waive their their fees for the year. We just we were trying to give back as much as possible. Now we took we knew as a board we were going to take a hit financially for that, and we did, but I feel like it was well worth it because we were able to show our members and even future members that we are there for them. You know, that that we, we look past the financial aspect. I mean, obviously it takes the unfortunately in this world, it takes finances to uphold an organization in some form, whether that's through membership dues, grants, whatever, you, you know, you name it. So we did that for our members to truly help them out. Then in 2022, we decided that, hey, we we wanted to still provide some kind of assistance. So we made all our prices for dues half off to ensure that new and in, new and incoming members, as well as our current members, still got some kind of help from us one final time. That runs out here in actually, what, 12, 13 days? December 31st at midnight is the final time for anybody to be able to save, you know, on this. Uh, so, I mean, after January 1st of 2023, everything will be back to its original state. And that's just more along the lines of the, the dues paying. But like I said, the reason I mentioned all of that is because as a growing organization, we kept coming across the question, why do we need another one? Well, you can say the same thing about a haunted attraction. You know, there's what, you know, a thousand out there. You could say, well, why do we need another one? Well, it's because, well, what, what, how is there too many? You know, I mean, really. And I, and I think it's the same thing with organizations. You can never really have too many organizations that are out there to truly help people. I mean, if that's the true intent, then really, I think, you know, there aren't too many organizations out there. It's just depending on which organizations will meet your needs or if both or, or three or four or five. I mean, heck, I'm a part of two local chambers in my own area as a business owner. So, I mean, you know, they both fulfill different needs. One helps me in one aspect, one helps me in another. So, you know, it, it's not a matter of saying, oh, well, only one will do and only one can fulfill all my response, responsibilities or all my needs. I don't believe that to be true. So when we created it, 
our belief was that, you know, hey, we're here just to be another help. Uh, we're not here to compete with other organizations. And the question we always got asked was, you know, what makes you different from, you know, such, such organization and this organization and this one and that one. And once again, like I said, it annoyed me, but I answered it, but people didn't seem satisfied. And so as I thought, as, as, as the president of the organization, I thought, you know, that question nagged me uh, through the summer, even through the season. And I thought, you know, we have to be able to distinguish ourselves. We, once again, I make it clear to everybody, you know, we're not here to compete. We're here to, if anything, to partner with all other organizations, both big and small, whether they're state organizations, regional organizations, you know, national organizations, you name it. We, we want to work in cohesion with them. We're not here to take away from anything. And I think that was what a lot of people were worried about. You know, are we here to replace someone, you know, other organizations? You know, and like I said, I'm not here to name organizations, but but that's the question we got. And it's like, no, we're truly not. Like we're here to to help. If if we can provide something that you're not getting somewhere else, then that that's good. And if we're not, then hopefully the other organizations can fulfill that need, whether they're state, regional, or national nationwide. I just it nagged me so much. I thought, you know, we need to to really make a distinct a distinguishing feature that they know what we are because what we are is a chamber of commerce we're a 501c3 chamber of commerce that's what we're created as we're not an association we're not just any other organization we are a 501c3 chamber of commerce and it's not it's a nationwide chamber of commerce and so doing my own research and talking with business professionals that I've known throughout the country through my own business dealings. So I have my connections and, and talks with people who have been a part of the National Chamber of Commerce. That's where we got our new structure from. Besides everything else that we're bringing into the, to the plate in the future for our members, that's our big, biggest game changer for us because now we have people who have specific roles that they're in charge of. So once again, it's not like I need to contact everybody or or so-and-so needs to contact everybody. Everybody has a role and responsibility and a, and a part to play. I've made it clear since day one, this is a member-led organization. We believe that we lead from the ground up, not from the top down. We have a chamber board to ensure that this organization stays in place and that it lasts for hopefully ever. But we believe in our members being voices, being a part of this. That's why we have also, you know, regional directors, committees, subcommittees. We've created enough of leadership styles or opportunities within the chamber for members to be a part of it. So we've made it clear that, hey, if you have a certain skill set or you have something that could be of value, we want to hear you. We want to use that. We want to use it to help not just the chamber and not just our members, but our industry. We want the industry to grow and not implode on itself because mm -hmm. people are retiring or because they're like, I don't know what to do anymore. And I'm just getting frustrated. So I'm just going to leave or, you know, the, the state or my local municipality is coming after me and I just don't want to deal with it. They shouldn't have to leave because of that. I mean, if they want to retire, that's a different thing, but they shouldn't be feeling forced out of the industry. So that's what we're here to do is advocate for them. And that's our biggest thing is advocacy. We're here to provide support and advocacy for our members and even for non-members. I mean, I can't tell you, that's how we gained probably a lot of our members was first starting off by talking with them and advocating for them and showing them what we're capable of. And then they're like, wow, like this, so I, I can get this and more. And it's like, yeah. And then they, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, that's, it's that simple. And our whole goal is to give you more than you pay for. So we're constantly as a board thinking of 
what can we do to provide more benefits for the price they pay? I mean, I want them to feel like they're getting a steal of a deal. And, and honestly, we, we, we've talked to even with the swag bags alone and the price of those costs. I mean, they're getting their money's worth just in what they get in their swag bags that are on their way out to many people now. But we obviously want to give them so much more. You know, it's, you know, the support, the advocacy. There's a couple other things I know we'll talk about here shortly that, that we have in the future looking into 2023. But um, yeah, so we, so we create a new board. So pretty much the way it goes, I'll just really quickly go over the layout. So we, we have our president CEO, which is myself still. We then create executive and senior vice presidents. So for example, uh, Sue Jones-Gray is our uh, executive vice president and our co-president and chief policy and head of strategic planning and advocacy. So she's, she plays a huge role in the chamber. She, uh, she's been amazing. My right hand, I... I don't think I could have gotten this far without her support. So I, I give her kudos as, as much as I do with the rest of people I'm going to talk about. Steven uh, Sortaika, he also is the executive vice president, chief operations officer of the chamber. He's played a crucial role. He's helped us with our web design, getting a lot of ads taken care of, marketing. I mean, he's just, he's phenomenal. And he's been on the operational end before and another hot attraction. So, I mean, he has the experience and and uh, I'm more than confident, you know, in his abilities to fulfill that role. And, and he's he's been doing it in, in a different capacities before when we had the previous board set up. But yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal. Joshua Grant, he's one of our newer members, him and his wife. They're both serving on our board. He is our executive vice president and our chief finance officer. So he'll be working with me on the chamber of finances and ensuring that you know, they're safeguarded, used for the right purposes. And once again, that we can have the funds. We're looking into grant opportunities as well. So we can, you know, find different ways because obviously member dues don't, you know, pay all the bills. So we want to make sure that we can do what we can to provide our members with the best experience. And to do that, unfortunately, does take some money to provide them with that. So we're looking into grants in the future, and he's going to be a key player in that. Then Dana Tomes, who... He, he is from, he's just awesome. He's, you know, out in West Virginia, he has the Haunted Majestic. Uh, if you ever heard of it, it's a, uh, an old ship that was turned into a haunted attraction. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's phenomenal. I, uh, you know, he, he's done a lot of our ads for Texas Honors Convention. Uh, we put our TV out for people to, when they come by to get information about us, he's, he's created the ads for that and they're phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's got some skills and, does a phenomenal job, but he's our executive vice president as well as our chief communications officer. So he'll be heading up our communications team and, and really getting that word out there for us and helping us get out there more to the public. We then have Kimberly Grant, who's going to be our executive vice president and chief relationship officer. So she'll be working with the members, you know, on how we can help them best, have their voices heard. What benefits do we need? Because that's the biggest thing we want to hear from them. You know, and I know we talked about this before, you know, or do we take suggestions? And yes, we do, of course. I mean, if our members come to us and say, hey, we need this. Okay, let's see how we can build it. But we don't turn anybody down. There may be times where we are not equipped at the moment to do something right there and then about it, but it doesn't mean we're not working towards it. So that's what I try to tell a lot of people is, hey, if you have a need or, or desire, we'll do our best to fulfill it. Like I said, I don't ever make promises because, you know, 
you know what that leads to. Uh, <laughs> and then if you don't deliver, you know where that goes. Yeah. So the only thing I do promise is, hey, we're going to work towards that and we'll deliver to the best of our abilities. So once again, this is all volunteer positions. Nobody gets paid. I don't get paid. Nobody gets paid. So yeah, and a lot of us have invested our own money, especially, you know, I, I Sue and Steve, once again, have been crucial in that, along with myself in investing our own funds to ensure that this organization, especially like when we had the hard times during COVID, you know, to keep this thing afloat, and we've surpassed COVID. So that tells you the strength of the organization, as well as the strength of the members that are a part of it, and the, the board members who have helped get us through it. We also have Kim Ayers with Levitt Insurance. She's on our board. She is the executive vice president and chief education and training officer. So she'll be heading our education and training division. We talked about our ghost program. A lot a lot of that will come from that area, which is our uh, global honors optimal safety training. That deals more with the safety and health aspects of haunted attractions. We're not in that kind of training and, and coursework. We're not really looking for teaching them about you know, haunting and stuff like that, which we all have other courses that will, but that program specifically gets you through more of the safety and health aspects that everybody sort of needs to know if you want to even operate, you know, because before you even need to learn about scaring people, you need to even know if you can open. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, yeah. if you can't open, there's no point to learn about how to scare. So I, we really felt crucial that they have that aspect and understand the importance of that. Cause I mean, uh, you know, there are members that can attest to terrible things happening at their haunts, whether they did or even some that didn't happen that were unfortunately lies and still having to pay out of pocket because of somebody taking advantage of a situation. And that's something that Kim's going to bring to the table when I talk about 2023 should be crucial. And another part of something that we'll discuss here in a couple of minutes. And there's Brian Robinson. He's the last of the executive vice presidents. He will serve as our, not, not only the executive vice president, but our executive vice president over strategic partnerships and outreach. So he'll be helping us with our different partnerships, uh, with our outreach, getting out there, trying to get more members, getting our name out there, our brand, our logo, everything. So he'll be very crucial in that. And uh, he's, he's just a great guy. He's very skilled in a lot of things. So we're looking forward uh, to working with all of them. On the senior vice president levels, we've got four vacant positions that we're still working on filling. Like I said, they're very important. So we want to make sure we got people that are, are going to step up to the plate. So far, we've had three people step into the that seven-person area. And one is Troy Flesick, who's with Crawford School of Terror here in PA. Uh, he's going to be our senior vice president of communications. Joshua Bone, which is Haunted Bone Cemetery. Haunted Bone Cemetery. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Haunted Bone Cemetery. Uh, yeah, shout out to Joshua Bone. He's going to be our senior vice president over relations. So he'll work with Kimberly Grant on our member relations. And then Susie Flesick, who is Troy's wife. She's also a Crawford School of Terror in here in PA. And she's our senior vice president of education and training. So she'll be working with Kim Ayers on that education side, the training mm -hmm. side. So mm -hmm. the, the places that we're still looking for are we, we created a chamber foundation within the chamber, which the whole purpose of that is to help those who are either looking to get into the industry or who are looking to go pro, you know, your charity yard, home haunt kind of uh, attractions, you know, that decide, Hey, you know, you know, we talked about before you don't have to raise a hand, you know, <laughs> uh, I, you know going pro that organization within the chamber is, is meant to help those, those individuals or those people, those teams 
to get to that level. So that person will be the president of the Chamber Foundation and senior vice president. We don't, once again, we're in talks with people, so we don't have that one yet to announce. But once we do, we'll make that announcement. The other three are the senior vice president of policy and strategic advocacy, which would work with Sue Jones-Gray, vice, senior vice president of operations, which would work with uh, Steven Sortaiga. And then once again, our senior vice president of strategic partnerships and outreach, that person would work with Brian Robinson. So we're, yeah. those are the last four we are working on and in talks with people to fulfill in, within the chamber, because obviously they do need to be members of the chamber and 21 years of age or older to fulfill. And you do have to have some kind of experience in the industry, whether that's having owned a haunt, uh, you own a haunt currently, or you're part of an organization within the haunt attraction industry. We wanted to be careful because, you know, we we try to put some safeguards in place because I obviously I'm not going to be here forever. I mean, I'll be in the chamber forever as long as I'm alive, um, <laughs> but I'm not going to be, you know, at the head of this thing forever. There'll be a time where other people need the opportunity and deserve to step up and and take it into a hopefully an even greater direction. So we we made sure as a board that when we made these changes to the structure, that we made the, the safeguards in place to ensure that things hopefully don't go awry and that it doesn't get taken in the wrong direction. Because once again, the whole purpose of the chamber is to really help this industry and help every individual team group, whatever, navigate this industry and not feel left out or, or forced out. So we, we've, we've really worked hard at this. So that's where it all came from. I know it's a long story to get to that one question, but really, I mean, it was months of thinking, researching, planning, deciding, and then coming down to the final vote and making sure that's what we wanted to do. So we still have our regional directors, you know, who will, once again, we're looking for new ones for those areas, but we do have those spots in those positions still to fill and our committees, you know, we have different committees. So like I said, we're we're very member led and uh, we hope to continue that. And it sounds like uh, with the reorganization, you have exactly the team that you need to, to continue executing. Yes, that, that's the beauty of it. I mean, like I said, being a member of the chamber, I have I have had the opportunity to meet some of the most amazing people uh, through you know through that. Whether they be members or non-members, I, I've met amazing people. You know, and really, honestly, those that are on board now and those that we are working with to you know bring them into the board member range are phenomenal people. Because, like I said, we that's what this board needs is is people who are willing to step up. And, and once again, I, 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 I'm the kind of person I, I, I don't expect them to give more than they can. You know, obviously you give what you can. That's why I tell every board member, you give what you can, but I want you to give something, you know, if you're going to be on the board, um, you know, help us in some way so we can help the industry. Cause I, I can't do it without them. Uh, I, I can't tell you how important each one of them are to me. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this last time and yeah, I'm a sap. So I'll admit it, you know, here on, on the air, uh, I am a sap, um, you know, I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, I, I'm a very much family oriented person and I'm the kind of person when I bring you into my inner, inner circle personally, I treat you like you're my family. You're not just a friend. You are my family. And I'm fiercely loyal when it comes to that. And my chamber board is, and the chamber members themselves I'm fiercely the same way. If they came to me with a problem, I would fiercely defend them with anything. I just, I feel that's important that it's, even though it is a chamber of commerce, our industry is so different than just the business industry or any sure, other industry. Sure. Yeah. 
So for me, such a combination industry. It's like we have business that's crucial. We have all of the things that a business needs, but then we have this whole extra aspect, which is our entertainment aspect and all of the hazards and issues and risks and Mm -hmm. fun that goes along with that. And, and, and that's, that's what, what really separates our industry from really any other out there is exactly what you just said. You know, the fact that we we bring in so many different industries, yet we've got our own style that we we have to, you know, endure through uh, and navigate through. <laughs> and and that's why I feel that the chamber is more to me than just a, a simple organization or chamber of commerce. It's a family. Because I feel like if they feel like they're being taken care of, that they've got people who have their backs, who actually do care about them, who know them, that makes a difference. I mean, I try my best to keep in contact with a lot of our members, whether it's through email or magazines, writing letters, you know, by hand, which is hard for me to do since I've had carpal tunnel surgery on my right hand. And, uh, you know, my writing has gone down strategic, you know, completely downhill. It's horrible. (laughs) So, you know, we really do try uh, to keep in contact with them and and get to know them all personally. I mean, believe it or not, you know, at least the ones I've met, I know them by face. You know, I know I can tell you their name and by face, the ones who I have not had the opportunity to meet yet, I at least know them by voice. You know, if we haven't mm-hmm. met over Zoom or if we haven't met in face-to-face, we had just, you know, phone conversations. When they call, I know exactly who they are. There are, you know, I could be like, oh, hey, so-and-so, how are you doing? They're like, oh, you remember me? It's like, well, yeah, well, why did I forget you? Like, well, most people don't remember me. You know, it's like, you know, when I call, they they forget you know, I exist. It's like, no, nah. it's like, I remember you, we talked about this last time or, you know, so I think that that really makes a huge difference. And like I said, so I just felt like this change needed to come about to ensure that one people on the board knew their responsibilities and they knew how to execute them. Because the biggest thing is I'm not a micromanager. Uh, I hate being that person. that's like, okay, do you do this? Did you do this? Do this? And just watch it. It's just good leadership. In my opinion, doesn't work that way. You can't micromanage. But you do have to manage. There is a difference. You do have to manage it. And I feel like in this new structure, we can more easily manage not only the day-to-day functions of the chamber, but the ongoing weekly, monthly, yearly uh, strategies that we're trying to create to benefit our members more and more. Because we're always thinking of, okay, what's the next step for our members? I mean, we created this. Now, what's the next thing? You know, we're always thinking of something new. So once again, your dues aren't going to change because we've added 10 new benefits. We want to create and create and create. So that way you feel like, Hey, I'm getting my money's worth by being a part of this organization. So yeah, that, that has been crucial. And like I said, just, you know, this change I feel like was needed just so that way people could operate and not be like, okay, what do I do? You know, I felt like the current, the the previous structure, it was more, I, I, if I, I had to explain like, okay, that we need this. And I'd have to tell people and, and that's more on me. You know, that's not anybody else's fault, but my own, but now this is totally on them. They have the responsibilities. They know what they need to do. And and like you said, we have the best team to do that. And I, Mm -hmm. I am excited, you know, with, with what's going to happen now going into 2023, because these people are gung ho. They're amazing. They've got a great set of skills and we've got amazing members too, not just board members, but just members overall who want to get in there and get ready with us. So, yeah. 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 So let's talk about some, some of those things in last year, you started rolling out uh, the ghost program at the Texas yes. Honors convention, had the first class, first set of classes for the ghost toward the ghost 
don't use the word certification, not a certification. No, it's a training, just a training. Yeah, yeah, just ghost training. Talk first about what the ghost training is and then uh, what's planned for 2023. So obviously, Texas Arms Convention is our convention. We go there every July. Uh, Usually it's about mid-July. And just to give them a little nod here, I mean, they did fantastic this past summer. You know, I don't know the number that had attended, but I know it was the thousands. You know, they did very well. They're outgrowing their their venue. I mean, they're getting, they had more vendors, more in attendance. It, it was just phenomenal. So they're definitely growing immensely. And, and we're grateful for the opportunity to partner with them continually and grow alongside of them. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been phenomenal to do that with them. But as we talked about the ghost program as a chamber, we wanted to roll, roll out our first training course, which was the CPR course, which in the future, we'd like to see it be a certification course, because uh-huh. I do believe in being CPR in safety certified yeah. and having people on site that can do that. Because once again, like we talked about before, you don't know how far some, some of these places are from it, a local EMS, a fire station police, and not everybody has the resources to have somebody on site. You know, at my, at our attraction, we, we, had that that blessing of having somebody on site that was a nurse and an EMT and you know other things but not every attraction has that so we want to make sure that people are equipped with the ability to handle whatever situation comes their way until help the right help arrives and that's what that first course did and so that's uh, going to be able to be offered right now it's it's it was offered we rolled it out at the Texas Harness Convention in July we had about 10 people from our membership were a part of that, which was great. And like I said, with each certificate that they get, that puts them closer to getting then their final certificate, which then lets them know that they've been uh, ghost trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. once again, we don't certify anybody because it's not a certification, not a legal one, but we do feel it's important that we can provide a training program that can help them so they can at least show other people like, hey, we've been trained in health and safety. You know, I think that's very important that they can even have that up so that patrons know that, hey, we've taken the necessary steps to make sure that we are as safe and and healthy as possible. Now, granted, we are an industry of hurdles and bumps (laughs) and whatever you name it, we create it. And we're always pushing the envelope, testing the boundary. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. We know this. And then we wonder why we can't get insured. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Let's create a hazardous you know? situation and location, send people through with minimal lighting, and then, you know, hope for the best. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you like, Let's hope this works. Yeah. So, can we be insured now? Yeah. Can you insure us? Can you insure all this? Can you, you know, this is my story. Can you insure this? Can you? So that's, yeah, that, that's, that, that's where it gets tricky for us as haunters in the industry. And so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's our biggest thing is being able to push that. And this, this program deals a lot with that. So that way they can at least ensure their patrons that, Hey, look, we're aware of the safety precautions. Yes. There's still going to be hurdles. Yes. There's still going to be bumps here and there, but, but we're aware of the safety precautions. We've taken the necessary steps to be as safe as we humanly can mm-hmm. while still providing you with a fun, entertaining and scary environment. Half of safety is just knowing what to do when something bad does happen yeah. and whether or not right. it's, I need to call 911 right now because it sounds like you're having a heart attack or right. you're having, you need this or you need this. I mean, literally just knowing when to call in the professionals and when to try and handle, you know, on site of, yes, that just needs a Band-Aid, or 
you need to go get stitches is that's a huge differentiating factor i mean even if you are close to you know medical facilities even if you know whether you are or aren't part of our jobs you know when we run these haunts is to make sure that we are you know we're we're responder zero we're not first responders but we are the ones assessing the situation On on the ground in the first place to say yes, we can handle this or no, this is way out of our league. We need professionals to come in and, and you know, no, how long is it going to take for professionals to come in? Well, and, and that's, that's the key. People need to understand on the ground, like, Hey, what do I do? Because we, part of what we're bringing to our membership in 2023, and I can't get too much into it because we're still being in the works, but part of what we're getting into in 2023 is, you know, we have our insurance level insurance, but we're looking to, do some things there that will provide maybe a greater coverage for our members, both incoming and current members, almost something like an umbrella policy kind of thing. But once again, I can't get too far into it because we're still working on it. We, we've been talking about the legal side, which we talked about last time. Uh, you know, we, we talked with a, a lawyer who was at IAPA with Kim Ayers, who was also at IAPA this summer, or actually, no, I'm sorry, November. And that's where they met. And we got, we talked with this, this woman and she's part of an organization. Once again, I can't give names out yet because we haven't made announcements, but she talked to us. And the biggest thing that she mentioned is, and I, and I totally agree, a lot of the situations that happen on site at our attractions depend on one, how we respond to the situation while they're there. You know, do we get the information from them? Are we properly assessing the situation? Are we being mindful of their need at the time? Whether or not we think, that it's a big deal or not is not something for us to judge. What we need to do is, is is respond to it and treat it like it's serious, no matter if it's small or large, until a professional comes and says, hey, like you said, this needs a Band-Aid or, hey, this needs stitches. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we treat it with a serious nature, they know we care. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, hey, we are here to help. So, you know, she made the comment. She goes, a lot of it depends on, one, how we react in that moment, and then, two, how we react in the follow-up. You know, because a lot of people, the reason, and once again, that's not going to stop somebody from suing the pants off of you. But, you know, if you follow up with them, you know, you have their information because you wrote down an incident report, which is what all attractions should do in that case. You know, hey, a day or two later, hey, how are you doing? Were you able to get to get to go to the hospital? Did, you know, did they get you taken care of? And off, you know, even off from like, hey, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. You know, we would love to have you come back have one on the house on us. If you yeah, decide to yeah, come yeah. back this season or next season, you know, just give us your name and your party. I mean, different things like that. Once again, I mean, that's for each attraction to decide, but the, the, the whole point is how you respond in that moment and how you respond in the follow-up will really decide whether or not they pursue it. Cause many people, if you show that you care and that, Hey, we, we did the best we could, they will probably respond and respond in kind and, and say, hey, you know, it happens. I'm not saying everybody will do that because there are so happy, so happy people out there. And like I said, I, I have members that can attest to this. So yeah. I'm not saying this is the end all be all to stopping this, but but she is right. You know, she's a lawyer. She's dealt with this. And a lot of her cases didn't have to go very far because of how, and she works with the entertainment industry. So, I mean, mm-hmm. she's in our alley. So, I mean, I would, I would trust her words over just uh, any other attorney. So I agree that, you know, with her in that, yes, it it all depends on how we handle the situation at that time and then how we follow up. That'll make the biggest difference. And and that's the thing we're looking to bring, hopefully, along with us in 2023 is, is 
that organization to be able to help guide our members because that's been their biggest issue is, you know, mm-hmm. how do I get legal guidance? Because one lawyer that doesn't practice in all other 49 states won't touch the other 49 state <laughs> questions. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and having that follow-up, I mean, and having that, you know, coherent and cogent response across the entirety of your, you know, your haunt in your organization, that can go a long way of giving your haunt and your entity extra protection if you do get somebody who's so happy because even if you've if you've done all of those things no it might not prevent everybody from suing but you can demonstrate that you had things in place that you've taken the effort and you know that can provide you with help and within a within a court case right yeah show you show you did all the things that you were supposed to do exactly and then you have all those things written down Yes. It's like, hey, Thank no, you. this is the policy. This is how we handle it. We can demonstrate that we handled it this way. Here's our incident report. Here's our follow-up. You have all of your ducks in a row. So even if you do get somebody who's so happy, you at least have paperwork to say, this is our standards. We have followed them. And that's going to give you a lot more power. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And that's what I think a lot of people don't uh, don't always realize if they're not keeping the appropriate notes, if they're not taking the appropriate measures, they're probably looking at something happening negatively. But if right. they handle it right there and then and in the follow up, I mean, they're setting themselves probably a lot of headache, a lot of time. I and mean, yes, you're putting forth some effort, but you're probably putting forth a little bit of effort to save a lot of effort later. Because I mean, like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, when I've had situations meet me personally, not at haunted attractions, but anywhere you know if i've not had a good experience somewhere when someone followed up and said you know i'm sorry to hear you didn't have a good experience or that that something happened how can we address it that meant a lot you know it's like that made me then say hey well maybe i will go back there again or maybe i will give them another shot you know or maybe i won't go online and complain like i was going to you know they caught me just before i was getting online on facebook (laughs) tell the whole world (laughs) you know how terrible they are because i mean that's that's the thing People are quick, you know, when they have a negative experience, they're very quick to tell the whole world. If they have a good experience, they keep it quiet. You know, they're not going to go out there and blast on Facebook. Hey, you should go here. Now, there are people that do that, but it's not as common. If you look statistically, that's not as common as, like I said, if I get hurt at an attraction, I tell everybody online, my friends, my neighbors, people I'd never met at the store. You know, everybody's got to hear about this terrible experience, but you have a positive experience you just tell the people around you like, Hey, yeah, it was a good time. Or if somebody asks you by happenstance, how, you know, how was your, your time there? Yeah, it was, it was great. I had a good time. And then you go about your day and it's because good things don't fester. Bad things do. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, and that's once again, going back to, you know, how we handle a situation at the time and after. And once again, yes, it, it may require some effort, but you're probably going to save at least, you know, I would hope that 90, 90 to 95% of the people that do that would save the huge headache of going to court. I mean, I'm not saying it will do it for everybody, but if you show that we are, yeah, like we do care. We are concerned. We want your well-being to be taken, you know, into consideration. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to take you and, and your, your situation into consideration. And how can we help to deal with that? You know, because it's easy to play the blame game. Well, you fell you probably weren't paying attention. You, I, we saw you running. We have signs posted that you shouldn't run. You're asking for trouble, you know, when, mm-hmm. you, when you do mm-hmm. that. I mean, yes, they probably were. It's not, and in this case, I'll be honest, I don't think it's a matter of saying that they're right because I don't always believe the customer's always right. 
Um, I've been wrong as a customer, so I can, you know, I can tell you that's not always true, but I think it's more of a matter of, it's more of a matter of showing you care. Just going back to that, just showing you care. Once again, it's not about right and wrong. You know, you don't have to point out that, that you were right or, you know, they were wrong. It's just being, being able to say, Hey, look, we realized something happened, right? You know, whether right. it's their fault or our fault, isn't the question. It's something happened. How can we help you get through this? And I think yeah. showing that will definitely take that headache away. Yeah. So th- you made a couple of points there and there was a really good discussion. I want to make sure those points don't get lost, but it sounds like the chamber is working on uh, an insurance benefit for all the member for all your members, as well as uh, partnering with a with legal services that will be available or that we can tap into no matter where we are in the country. That is correct. That that legal service provides uh, legal assistance free of charge in certain aspects. Once again, not for every little thing, you know, because actually when you get in litigation, it, that's a different story. Um, sure. But they they have certain services and certain guidance they can provide to a certain limit. And they'll, they'd be willing to work with us. And, and they do that with all 50 states. So if someone from Florida calls me and has a legal question that obviously I'm not a litigator, uh, I, that I can't answer, um, you know, if I don't feel comfortable answering it, I could then say, hey, you know, go over and talk to this person and we will have somebody for all 50 states that they can talk to. So that that's a great benefit to have in their pockets. Like I said, we've had members who have been lawyers and they won't touch anything other than their state. Yeah, Sometimes absolutely. if it's not even close to them, they won't touch it. You know, if it's not yeah. in their region. Because municipality so, laws can be can vary widely yes. and states vary widely and absolutely. Well, and even you outside of yeah. that, just the liability for offering advice in a place that you are not either that too. You can get, can get in trouble professionally for um I mean yeah. there's a <laughs> there's a lot of risks associated. Um and there are so many local specificities. Right. Well, and that's what it comes down to. I mean a lot of these things get so, I mean, this year I dealt with a lot of local things with people. Um, and that was hard. I mean, when, when you're, when you're trying to deal with that, that's a hard thing to deal with. Um, but it, it, it was, it, I was grateful. I was able to help some of our members get through some of those local hurdles. I mean, we had to write a lot of letters, um, talk to a lot of people, a lot of phone calls, but I, there's there's a help that litigators can provide, especially those who are on the entertainment side that mm-hmm. I can't provide. Yeah, and to have that at our fingertips is an amazing opportunity. Um, so that's th- that's the important part is that if you call us, anyone on the board, we can point you to that team and they can point you to the right person. Right. No, we drifted off a, a little bit from from where that this conversation started. We covered the legal benefits, we covered the insurance, uh, but we were talking about the ghost program. Uh, so, yes. what classes are uh, are in development that you're hoping to put out this year? So, like I said, we're we're continuing with the CPR. We're hoping to get that to be a certified class. Um, the other ones we're looking to do are like safety inspection training. Uh, you know what to look for. You know health. How to you know how to keep not only your patrons, but your, your staff healthy. I mean, we talked about that, that, um, haunt crud that goes around every year. It it rears up its ugly head, not saying we can keep it out, but, but there are ways that we can, we can be safe and healthy without having to take the fun away, you know, cause there was, uh, and let me give you an example because there was during the pandemic and I understand 
that a lot of states had different limits. So they worked within the limits and did the best they could. But um, I learned a valuable lesson when I was going to visit a couple of attractions um, throughout the United States. And one, once again, I, I don't name names, but one had uh, their hayride and it was all plexiglassed off. So it was just your group in this little box of plexiglass. So if you were not on the one end of the wagon, you missed the entire show. And if you weren't in the corner pockets, you missed a lot of it because yeah. I, I was like in one of the two middle spots and you had plexiglass on both sides and they're like six feet high and you're sitting. So you're not able to see anything around you. You're missing the show. Now, once again, I know that was during the pandemic time, so I'm not judging it. I'm just saying there are, this, the pandemic, I think, has changed us, all of us in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, whether whether we agree with it or not, and that's a, for a different discussion for a different platform. Um, but what I'm trying to discuss is it definitely has changed us. I mean, I, I think to say it hasn't as a society would be a lie. And I think as an industry, it's something we definitely think of more now. We didn't really think of the health aspect as much as we used to. We knew that, you know, the haunt crud came around and you just got through it. You know, you worked your way through it. But now I think it's more important to understand, okay, well, we can still have fun and be safe and still get in their faces and scare them without getting everybody sick or worrying about what we do. I mean, there are precautionary measures and that some of those courses are going to be in the works, you know, health training, you know, what can you do to, to protect your, your staff? What can you do to protect your patrons? What are, what are the safety measures you can take to make sure to, you know, less hurdles are having to be done by patrons throughout your mm -hmm. attraction. Cause once again, we don't want to take the fun away, but we don't want people getting sued all over the place because it, it's just, sorry, it's the world we're in right now. People have that mentality and, and I just, I, I tend to worry for my members and for anybody in the industry. And so a lot of those courses are going to address those, those situations, you know, how to remain safe and still have fun, how to remain healthy and still have fun, uh, you know, how to properly scare, but in a safe environment. And once again, you know, I don't want it to sound like we're, we're creating that box I was talking about, cause we're not, we're trying to bring people out of that box, but we want to think outside of the box. So that way, anybody who's thinking I've got to still have these things up or I've got to have them mask underneath the mask, you know, however yeah. you want to do it at your attraction. We're not here to tell anybody how to, but we're trying to say, okay, are there other ways to allow people to have the same experience while still providing the same health benefits that you're looking for at your attraction? So we're trying right. to hit right. different trains of thought if that makes sense yeah on on either side of the platform whatever way you're thinking we're trying to hit that so a lot of that's going to hit both sides of that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and that's just our biggest thing is you know obviously and i said last time you can't please 100 percent of the people 100 percent of the time we're not trying <laughs> to do that but we, we are trying to do is, is just show that we are out there looking out for you no matter where you land on whatever issue we're trying to find that middle ground and say hey you need, you know, you need to know about this. Now you take this and you do what you, you will with it. That's yeah, all we're saying. Yeah. You, you get the training and you implement it. And, and sometimes this is what I really love. And I hope people actually do it. When our members take our training and our courses, my hope is that they take it and go beyond it and it gets their gears working and thinking, well, what if I did this, mm -hmm. you know, with, along with this, you know, and, and they take our, our training and, and, and blow it out of the water and do even better at their attraction in practice. Yeah, That's yeah. my hope. 
know, that's what I hope in the end would happen, that they just wouldn't say, okay, I got trained, let's do this. It's like, no, take what we gave you and implement it the best way that fits your attraction. That's what I want you to do. Implement yeah. it the way it fits your attraction. I know that you've offered these classes at like Texas Honors Convention was the primary yes. venue and uh, especially with CPR kind of has to be done in person. But how do you right. envision uh, these classes being held in the future? Majority will probably be online just because uh, once again, we're in that that age now. And once again, we don't want to I mean, we want people to come out to Texas Honors Convention, but we don't want them to feel like they, they can't, can't access it without education. Going. Yeah. yeah, if they can't make it, we don't want them to feel excluded because they couldn't come. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason that may be, whether it's because of timing, can't get off work, finances, whatever, we don't want them to feel like, well, if I don't go, I don't get trained. So Zoom uh, like this, where once again members get it for free, they get all our courses, all our training, all our memberships. You know, all that stuff is for free. It's our non-members, you know, that that can participate as well but they have to pay a fee. And each course is different depending on what's involved. Like so the CPR one is a little more expensive than our other courses, just because of the training that goes into it. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. That one's, like you said, more of a face-to-face. Right. That makes a big difference. And you need certain props and equipment. You need the dummies yes. and yeah, all that. Right. We do right, have a yeah. lot of dummies. That is true. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do have a plethora of those. Yeah, there's a plethora. That's the easy one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably how, that's that's what we envision our uh, our course of courses to look like would be over Zoom and like I said, members who would sign up and register, um, you know, would, would get that. And once again, they'd be able to come in for free and they get a Zoom link. Non-members would pay, and after they register and pay, they get a private Zoom link. And it'd be only good for those people who either are members or who paid. Yeah. Um, so once again, th- that's the way we're going to run it. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. I mean, the whole point is to, to help the industry. That's why we offer uh, some stuff to our to non-members as well. Once again, if you don't want to be a member, that's fine. But but to be fair, you do need to pay for the course if you're going to take it. Uh, that's, a mem- that's a benefit of being a member that when you do any of our trainings or education, it's free. You don't pay for any courses at all. So that's that's our biggest thing. We we want to provide many benefits without having to make you pay for it. So yeah, that's what we try to do. And I appreciate it. Well, we're running a little bit long, and there's a couple. Uh, I still want to talk about where can people find the Chamber of Haunters if they uh, are intrigued by this whole conversation and and want to learn more. And also, where will you be like upcoming conventions or anything else? Where will people be able to find you live? Um, so as far as, as we're, how to get a hold of us or, or find out more about us, uh, they can go to our website, which is www.chamberofhaunters.com. That's www.chamberofhaunters.com. Uh, they can find us on Facebook. If they look under Chamber of Haunters, we're up there. Like you said, it's about every day we're making some kind of announcement, uh, which we'll be making more announcements heading into the new year and even beyond that as we have new things coming about. So I tell everybody to keep their eyes peeled, especially on Facebook, uh, for our new and upcoming announcements, whether it be for the Chamber Board announcements or for, you know, our new programs that we're starting. And as far as where we'll be, we do plan on attending Fear Expo this year. And so we are excited about that part. Like this will be our first year attending. We didn't get to go last year. It just was not in the cards for our planning. Um, but like I said, we do plan on attending this year. And we're excited about that. So we'll be there in March. Uh, we do plan on being also in at the Texas Harvest Convention in July. So those are the two that we'll be uh, attending this year. Um, so if anybody wants to see us or are we able to attend those in person and want to talk, 
uh, on a, I say more intimate level, once again, a more one-on-one -on -one level. Uh, those are the two places we'll be vending. So we look forward to be able to meet more people in the industry, hopefully have them as members and help them to reach their dreams. That's what we're here for. So yeah, that's where we'll be uh, in 2023. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear you're going to make it out to Fear Expo this year. It was a blast last year and we, we missed you. It was so much fun. Yeah, we'll be there this year for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, we'll not because I will be at sea. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll be floating. The frustrating part is like, I'm missing it by a week. We're going to get back like a week oh, after Fear Expo. It's like, yeah, that's, ah, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the frustrating part. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the Chamber. We are so excited about what 2023 has in store, both for the industry and for what the Chamber of Honors is doing. And it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. We, we absolutely love having you on and really appreciate uh, all of the benefits that you have provided to the podcast over our, over our relationship. Thank you so much. I was grateful to be on today. And like I said, uh, I, I just appreciate having you guys with us and being our mouthpiece. So it's, it's been a great pleasure to continue to work with you. And we look forward to an awesome future. So thank you. Absolutely. 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 All right. Well, thank you, Robert. I know you've got uh, either board meeting or something else happening tonight. So uh, we'll yeah. let you go and then we'll finish up the, the podcast. Yep. Thank, thank you so you, much. Thank you. Have Next a good time. night. Bye. All right. Night. Uh, Les, I have so much fun when we bring Robert on. It's just yeah. really exciting to hear everything that they've got going on. Oh, and, and there's I so many things. I'm wait. so excited for their, re for their revamp of the board because that's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, you're going through some of that right now like, <laughs> in, your, in your professional job yeah we're looking at him we're looking at it um and it's a hard thing to do and but especially the way that he's describing the changes that they're making the value added for this is just going to be huge for the chamber for all members of the chamber and i think for the industry as well yeah 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 no kidding Oh, I am so excited. And for them to be doing like all these ghost classes online, even if I'm at sea, I can take advantage of something like that. And like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. Well, and their, their whole attitude of being member oriented means that, Hey, if you have an idea for a class and, or you're, you can teach a class, you know, reach out to Rob, reach out to the chamber of haunters, make the suggestion, you know, make the proposal of, Hey, this is something that, you know, I can do. This is something that I can show and demonstrate and, you know, work with them to see what, you know, you can provide. Exactly. Well, we have run super long today. I think this is going to be end up being a little over an hour and a half episode. Uh, so much longer than I prefer, but we were just having such a great discussion. I hate to cut any of that out. So, yeah. so it's, it's always hard when we have guests on because it is always so just delightful, informative and fun. I don't want to cut anything out. I know. So. I know it. Well, before we do, I have to give a couple of shout outs to our sponsors real quick because we're not having like the Chambers Corner today because the entire episode was a Chambers of Corner. In fact, this entire episode was brought to you by Purgatory Props, your source for haunt electronics at not so scary prices. Check them out at purgatoryprops.com, especially right now. If you're working on your props for next year, you need to go check them out. Their controllers are phenomenal just as powerful as what i'm getting elsewhere but like half the cost of what i can get <laughs> elsewhere it's it's <laughs> wonderful and like i don't buy triggers from anywhere else anymore because purgatory yeah. props hands down has the best prices on triggers so go check them out and get what you need to make your 2023 haunt uh just as scary as possible and then of course uh, our our other major sponsor right now is spectral illusions carrie i just 
freaking love your products and <laughs> they're so good i love what it's you did so at, much fun at the winchester mystery, at the winchester mystery house. house i love what you did like purgatory excuse me spectral illusions is such a fun company to work with and we really appreciate you and i love all of your illusions and right now actually it's going to be over by the time this comes out so never mind <laughs> every day okay, up to we'll christmas something else well every day up till christmas they're putting a different illusion on sale mm, on sale mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's been fun to watch <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> so purgatory props spectral illusions are two major sponsors and uh scython i have to give a quick shout out for scython as well if you are looking for a way to manage your actors to recruit actors to uh, manage costumes and makeup and all of the things that uh, are 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 more difficult to do like on the day to day. Scython have to could have when be, you have people. Exactly. Scython could be the answer to your problem. They make haunt actor management software that is super powerful and super intuitive and uh, super easy to get into. So uh, you can check them out at scython.io. And if you use the code hauntingu20, you get 20% off any annual subscription for any new customer. So go check them out, scython.io. And I forgot to mention uh, with Spectral Illusions, uh, if you enter the code haunting you, you will get 20% off your digital decoration order. So go take advantage of all of these deals that we are able to uh, work out for all of our members. And of course, go check out the Chamber of Haunters at chamberofhaunters.com. Because they, you know, what they're working on, what they're building for all of their members and the, the services and support that they provide for every single member and the industry as a whole is absolutely amazing uh, and absolutely worth taking advantage of as, as much as you can. If you want to learn out more about the Hunting uh, You podcast, you can learn more at our website, huntingyou.com. That has links to all of our social media, particularly I want to point out YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook is where uh, most of our exciting things are happening. So go check those out and subscribe, please. I'd love to get to the point where we can like actually get paid for the ads that because they're sticking ads on my <laughs> videos, but I'm not making any money off it because not enough people are watching them, which I think is dick. Like, come on, at least give me money if you're going to be putting ads on my videos. Otherwise, take the it. ads off my videos. Yeah. Like you Google watching you. But anyway, go check us out. Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> Tell us what you want to see and hear us talk about and demonstrate and do. And we will see what we can't do in 2023. Exactly. Exactly. Leslie, I know is very excited about doing makeup tutorials. Uh, I'm work. I am like right as I'm recording, I'm working on uh, my triple ghost projection mm. video, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get everything wired up so I can actually record what I did for it. So nice. those are coming. Nice. Yeah. Coming. And I've uh, got all the cords and things for the engraver so I can play nice. with that and uh, yeah, whole bunch of stuff uh, upcoming for this next year. Very exciting. Even though I'm going to spend half of it at sea, I'm still really excited for this year. (laughs) Well, I think that is enough for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And we hope that you had a wonderful New Year's and have a very exciting 2023. Stick with us and we will see you in February. Sure. From all of us. We'll start there. Exactly. We'll start there. (laughs) From all of us here at Haunting You, stay spooky, my friends, and happy haunting.
Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com. <laughs>